Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Elevated Podcast. I'm so excited to be here with you guys yet another week. Um, for everyone that is tuning in for the first time, please welcome to Elevated Community. This is a place where I build so that we can grow from each other, so that we can inspire one another, and most importantly, encourage one another. Um, as you guys know, as you guys are aware, it is no anxiety November. Uh, and so this is my second part. My first part was just kind of like going through what uh, knowing Saturday November is all about, a walkthrough of everything that I was and I'm going to talk about with my special guests. And speaking of special guests, I'm here with a, more than a good friend now. You know, we're going to go to Miami <laughs> next year. Yeah. Uh, so I, I met you, what, two, three weeks ago, I think? Like two weeks ago? It was a week ago. A man. week ago? Oh, my God. <laughs> we, we saw each other at the SPDYM Region 8 rally. I think that was two weeks ago now. Two and last, last week was when we really sat down and started talking. Definitely. So we, we sat down here with my friend, uh, a good, um, you know, a fellow leader. Uh, and his name is Roberto Robert Flores. Um, thank you for coming. Thank you for saying yes for the invitation. No, thank you for inviting me. This is awesome. I, I personally love what you've been doing. Absolutely. I jumped on like a few episodes back and I just went through the back catalog real oh, quick. Man. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Um, so as you are aware as well, this is No Anxiety November. And as we sat down and ate the Lord's food, which is Chick-fil-A. Yes, sir, we did. Um, we talked a little bit about, you know, you shared with me a little bit of your background of uh, what you do, what you've done for the last 14 years, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And, you know, it was just interesting to me. It was crazy to me. So I'm going to let you go ahead and introduce yourself. Um, I don't know what you like. You know, tell people what you do or where you're at right now. And I don't know. Just let them know about yourself a little bit. Yeah. Where to start? Uh, my name is uh, Roberto Flores. Well, everyone calls me Robert. My dad's also named Roberto. So. Okay. Uh, I'm the youth pastor at Iglesia Las Vegas. We've been, I've been. Big shout out. Big shout out. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, I've been there for the last, well, since we started in 2012. And I've been loving it every every day I'm, I'm the third generation pastor in my family my grandmother it. is the head pastor at Palabra Viva shout out uh, to her yeah, <laughs> shout my, out to my her. grandma Lucy my mom and dad they're pastoring right here in Inglis Las Vegas and then I'm right here with my ILV youth okay, right okay. There. big and shout out to them I seen them I, I met a couple of them um that same night so yeah the big shout out to them yeah, nah, yeah my, my youth a little rowdy <laughs> just a little bit just a <laughs> tiny bit yeah we, we've been ministering for the last seven years well I've been with them and it's just a big inspiration and for me the biggest stuff that I get to grow and learn in through them is what it's like to be someone with a love for God yeah because they I feel like as, as leaders we learn more more from our our youth it, definitely and, and they sometimes learn from us yeah because like I've my default has always been love Jesus mm. and not that it's a bad thing but it's just like I love seeing people who grow into faith right and all the the things that God gets to do in their lives and I'm just like wow I love it I love it um so this is no anxiety November so let's just dive into this episode mm -hmm. um I know we talked a little bit about um anxiety when I, we sat down and ate um but this episode is called fight flight or freeze mm -hmm. and so if you guys don't know what that is 
is essentially um, when a problem or a situation occurs, what is your first instinct? And I think that that's the word, that's the key word, instinct, and what happens next? You know, yeah. you hear a gunshot, what do you do next? Do you just, oh, I'm going to sit down under a, a, under a, um, a table, or am I going to go and, you know, maybe you can have a carry, yeah. carry on, I don't know. That's, yeah. that's legal now, so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone has different reactions, and like, I, I love framing this in that mindset for anxiety because a lot of times in the church mm -hmm. when we f deal with these like mental health issues mm -hmm. it's very taboo yeah so that's the first thing that i think that we need to fight mm -hmm. over and overcome as a community because you know depression is is a thing that happens it, mm -hmm. anxiety is a thing that happens um and you know the list goes on and we don't talk about these things exactly you know and especially because of the fact that a lot of times our default answer is just pray and it'll get better. Mm, and I feel on. like that's just taking it like, okay, you can deal with this by yourself. Mm. And I feel like as leaders, sometimes our, our job isn't to just tell them you'll figure it out. Yeah. And just in prayer, it'll be fine. I feel like as leaders, our role is to be, at the very least be there to consult. And that was something that I learned really quickly with my parents, that they're always there at the very least to be yeah. a consoler in that, in a struggle because when we aren't there, a lot of people turn their back to God because we are representatives of God. Yeah. I quickly want to touch on that, you know, and I, know, I love this praise, and, uh, this praise, this phrase, I'm praising Jesus right now, but I love this phrase, you know, be present, yeah. be present. And I think that that has a lot to do with acknowledging that there's a problem. When mm -hmm. someone sits down or when someone hit, uh, texts you, when someone calls you, when someone allow, opens their heart to you, mm -hmm. it's a moment where you need to be present. Yeah. And not only, you know, um, help them or say, you know, like, I'm here for you. Mm -hmm. It's more about what can I do? Oh, yeah. You know, to in order to better help you, to guide you. Just because, like, when, when you, like, people say, um, don't just listen to someone. Mm -hmm. Like, hear them out. Exactly. You know, and, and sometimes as leaders, we're just looking at people like, oh, what's your problem? Okay, uh, so what, do, what can I do now? Yeah, yeah. And I think especially as, like, male leaders, because our mentality as guys is, like, what's Fixed. the problem? We're it's fixers. fixers. Yeah. Yes. We're fixers. And that's a struggle I have, like, not just within sometimes within my leadership strategies mm -hmm. but within my own personal relationships right and i'm just like i want to fix everything mm -hmm. and that and that's sometimes the way we look at god that yeah. god because he is the father comes to just fix yeah and that's not necessarily the role that god always has to play in our lives okay he the, the, the scriptures teach us and jesus describes the holy spirit as the great consolidator mm -hmm. someone yeah. who will be there listen to us and be present definitely so let's jump into the topic of anxiety mm -hmm. what does anxiety have to do with fight flight or freeze and so well, i firstly want to touch on this what do you like i, I want i want us to yeah. have like let's pretend that whoever is hearing this is sitting right next to us and they're yeah. like i have anxiety and i don't know what to do about it i don't know how to deal with it i don't know how to overcome this and the number one thing that has my next episode is going to be called resist anxiety just because we like you know biblically speaking you, you say uh, the, the bible state the, the bible states flee from, uh, resist the devil and he will flee from you yeah. but in the same sense we need to you know like stand firm against depression we need to stand firm against anxiety because when we start to acknowledge that that's our problem it begins to manifest in our lives and it yeah. begins to uh, 
corrupt and also, you know, destroy our lives, destroy our families, destroy um, relationships that you have, friendships, and all around. And so, um, I know that you've gone through anxiety, so I want you to talk a little bit about, you know, how this came about and how you overcame anxiety. Yeah, for me, anxiety really was a result of me looking to God and saying, I want to serve you. Mm. And it it sounds kind of like sus, like, what do you mean your anxiety came because you wanted to serve God? And it's because I looked to God and I said, I want to do everything. And ever since I could think of, I've always been involved in as many things as I could. Literally, I was 12 years old and I was in... Uh, media, a uh, media, media worship. Yeah, and I was directing a team of people to do camera work, mm. and I was just like full in all in all on that. I was editing videos. At some point, I was editing videos for that for the church at the time, and they're the ones they would put onto TV. You know? Yeah, and just that was the level I was at. And then when we started the ministry at Las Vegas, I went all in. I'm like, okay, we. I, my parents like we we don't have anyone who really knows sound. Yeah, and they kind of like asked me in a way that was can you please? And I, I just didn't want to say no. Yeah. I just, for, that's not in me to say no, especially to the things of God. Right. And I signed up for that. But then on top of that, I, they, they won in. I was like, we need a youth service. You got maybe 14. And most of them are like in middle school. Yeah. We need a youth service. And I said, I told them while you're teaching the, the, their parents, if you let me be in the sanctuary, I'll open up worship and preach to them. And I started piling things on my plate. Yeah. And it was just thing after thing after mm-hmm. thing. And I thought, I was like, oh, this is normal. Like, I am anxious because I'm doing the things of the Lord. I am, like, worried about doing these things well for the Almighty. And it just really got overbearing. And, and just so you guys know, that's not normal. That's no. abnormal. Yeah. That's very abnormal. Yeah, like sometimes, yeah, like, oh, there's, I'm doing this very big event yeah. and I'm like, okay, Very yeah. anxious. Yeah, that, 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 and, that makes and, sense. And the thing about anxiety is that it's a normal emotion to feel. Mm-hmm. Before a test, before an exam, before, um, you know, you're about to be in a... Uh, a play. I don't know. You know, like or just this. Like, yeah, like yeah. For me, I preach every week yeah. at least one time, and I still get anxious before I get on the stage because it's not. It's not an emotion that you should be afraid of feeling. Yeah. But when it becomes that overbearing, constant force in your life, yeah. that's when you know something's wrong. Um, I quickly want to touch on that you were bearing all these things, that you were working all these things, and that's what kind of like brought that anxiety on yourself. Yeah. And in a sense, also, I want you to like allow people to give like get into your life you know just pour it out like what are some tips that you needed like you were like okay what do i need to start doing doom done i need to do this i need to do this in order to overcome anxiety the biggest thing that i needed to hear was i I heard it for the first time from my parents my pastors uh and they told me it's not about the amount of things that you're doing but about the quality of the things that you are in that's so good and it's because i was legit i was running lights projection sound youth groups youth classes youth cells i was teaching kids i was everywhere at once i was running uh youth retreats i was running so many things and then it's like okay you're doing all these things but everything you're doing you're doing it to the best that you can because of what you have right and if you delegate and you say you know what i've taught you take charge i'm gonna focus on this 
the work that you do to God will be better because of that. And then when I started handing things off and I started letting other people take more control yeah. over certain areas, that, that way I wouldn't be like with seven hands yeah. trying to run every system. Definitely. I started doing the same thing with the youth group. And it's just because of who I am, the personality that God gave me, I am that person who is very controlling, very demanding, and very competitive. Yeah. Um, I quickly want to touch, touch about uh, de delegating. Yeah. Delegating is so important to allow people, not only people to grow, mm -hmm. but I, you know, I, I believe I believe everyone ha has a leadership quality role in their life. Period. Yeah. You know, like nobody is nobody. Everybody mm -hmm. is a leader, and so once you know you work with what you have, and everything starts growing. You know, you started noticing like, hey, I need this, I need this, I need that, I need lights, I need sound, and you started to notice like, okay, well, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this. But then all that became a burden. Oh yeah. And so when you started delegating. It kind of like sprouted this, um, you know, this off your shoulders, off your weight, anti-gravity type deal. And that was the goal, really, by what my parents were telling me and the, my pastors yeah. were telling me. And it was just, but the thing is, because of who I am and yeah. my personality, and, and a lot ended of people, up being more weight. And a lot of people have that trait. Mm -hmm. um, let's say, I want things to be done my way. Oh, yeah. I want this to look like this. And that's okay. I, mm -hmm. Like, I want to lower this into everyday life like sometimes I know you need to go to work and you have a kid and you're like okay I need to plan this out I need to drop him off drop him there or dang what am I going to eat today I don't have a lot, a lot of money to mm -hmm. like you just need to trust your process exactly and everything is going to be aligned to you and anxiety is such a future um, mind state oh yeah that it overwhelms you and you just tend to freeze up in the present and that's why flight uh, fight flight or freeze what are you doing when anxiety hits are oh, you yeah. fighting those thoughts saying no everything is going to be fine everything's going to be all right and i think that a good a a good advice is fact check your reality like like there's things that aren't controllable and that's okay. Yeah. And that's the hard thing to accept sometimes, especially when you're that kind of person like me that I'm like, and thinking for is like, oh man, this is going to be a problem. This is going to be a problem. And sometimes I recognize problems at the very last second and it's just sitting there in my mind. I'm like, oh man, this cable isn't right. Yeah. Or this preaching isn't written in a way that I'm going to be able to flow the way I want to flow. Mm -hmm. Now, what, are, what were some, I'm just curious, mm -hmm. what, what were some symptoms that you developed along the way of, of you know, mm -hmm. just this anxiety overwhelming you? For me, really, it was really being aggressive. And for a lot of people, their reaction to anxiety is falling into depression or for them to like feel like belittled. Yeah. And for me, it was being aggressive to every person who I came across. And, mm -hmm. and the people who felt the brunt of it was my, my family. Yeah. Because of the fact that I felt like I couldn't control things or the way that I wanted things to happen wasn't happening. And my reaction was always in like a, almost in a teenage angst style that it was just anger in a way. And I tried yeah. to mitigate it to, so that public face was calm, cool, collective. But when you're with family, the hard thing is maintaining yourself. And it, I ended up blowing up time and time and time again. We yeah. ended up in very 
useless but heated arguments mm-hmm. over nothing because of who how I felt of everything that was on your head everything every, yeah and anxiety is I'm I, me personally I'm a uh, I'm an overthinker I overthink oh, yeah. a lot I'm, and I'm a strategist yeah, I'm the same way and so like I haven't I've never felt anxiety in a sense that it's overwhelming it's overpowering me but I have felt depression and so for depression it's just like man I remember like 2016 winter time December I, I swear to you I'm not even kidding I would literally go to work and go to my room and just stay in my room Netflix like I'm just no. I'm just chilling there like and I started to notice that it was a problem you know and and the thing about depression and anxiety I don't think it's very different just because it's gonna have a grip over your life and it's gonna cripple your walk. It's not gonna allow you to grow. It's not gonna allow you to, you know, be at certain places or do certain things with certain people. And I want people to break that mold because anxiety cannot, and I repeat, it cannot have a power over you. That it it doesn't have any authority over you. You allow it to have authority Mm -hmm. over yourself. Just because, oh man, my anxiety is kicking in again. Oh, my depression's kicking in no you have to and that's why like my next episode is called resist anxiety because you need to resist it in order to overcome it exactly you know and the struggle is when you're in anxiety a lot of times we don't recognize where our tools are to Mm, get out that's good because we feel overwhelmed and that's the biggest thing with anxiety is that you feel like everything that you're trying is failing and it doesn't work yeah and that for me that was the feeling that i perpetually felt i always felt you know what i'm doing this for god I'm doing this for for Jesus, but I'm failing in these areas. And what was the snapping point that you said, okay, I guess I kind of do need to change things up. I really need to figure some things out. And it was when me and my parents really got in a very heated argument. And the reaction wasn't... The reaction was never like, oh, like you, you just need to do better. It was always, well, we're trying to help you, but you're yeah. not letting us help you. Yeah. And it was when they say, okay, you don't want us to help you. Okay. But you need to find someone who you will let help you. Wow. That's so good. Bat mm-hmm. me up. I'm, shout out to your parents. Yeah. I swear to you. I, like I've, People do the same things over and over and over again, expecting mm-hmm. a different result. Yeah. And that's where I was. And it was just, I kept failing and failing and failing. And it wasn't because of the fact that I couldn't do the things I wanted to do. It's that I was doing so many things that something was going to fall. But because the amount of things that I was doing, things kept falling. I kept dropping the ball on so many areas. And if it wasn't in the the area of like in church, it was in my personal life, my studies, in my school. Legitimately, my, my junior year, I failed history. And that's my like... You can ask my family. That's my subject. (laughs) I can quote history backwards, forwards. I know random facts. But it was because, like, okay, I said, I need to fix myself in church. And I let the ball drop in school. Yeah. And because this legitimately, this was my frame of thought. I was, if I fail history, that's the one class I can take online and easy A. Easy A. I don't don't have to worry about it right now. I can pass it in two weeks senior year. And I think that that's confidence, huh? That's that was, overconfidence. That was overconfidence. And, but the biggest problem was it wasn't that the fact that I was like, oh, I'm cocky, I can do this. It yeah. was I was sacrificing instead of trying to work in reality what I was doing. Yeah. And would you say that anxiety has left 
you has left your thoughts or is it a constant battle that you don't quite grow out of but you do overpower I'm there like I, I feel like it's still always there it just changes with with you and I think it's triggers right or oh, what, what, what do you think it is it's it's not necessarily like, like oh someone talks to me in a certain way and it triggers me being anxious it's triggers of remembering things that I was and how I behaved mm. and the ways I delegated and led that bring me back to that point and I'm like oh. for other people listening out there how difficult was it overcoming anxiety this was years of, of work like you, you guys heard that right years yeah years of work like people want to change from night to day and that's not possible and that, that's where i was i'm that kind of person yeah, yeah. The, like i was talking to you and we have some some future things coming in out and for me to buy things for that for those future projects that we're, we're planning together like mm. my, my my instinct was let's go to google best this best that i want the instant answer and that was the same way with my anxiety mm. i would turn to sources that weren't the place i needed help and yeah. when my parents brought me to that point it's like okay if you're not gonna let us help us who will you let help i want to let people know that when you do have thoughts of anxiety shut down Le legitimately shut down from your future from your past and focus on the present because the present is where you're needed the most yeah. you're not needed in the future where you know god knows like you're not the future is not even promised you know yeah and the past well the past you can't change mm -hmm. but be present in the moment and say okay what what can i do in order to you know not feel this way or have these certain thoughts like just stay busy you know like then maybe not busy because you know, busyness is stupid but be productive in what you want to accomplish and for me what really really helped me with overcoming anxiety was how my my parents helped me like and because my parents are my pastors they're my yeah. parents they're like my my anchor and especially during this process they sat me down like okay what do we need to get done now like because they saw my anxiety they saw the way i was reacting and i we, love that in the words that we spoke we never said you're anxious yeah. we never said because that wasn't the goal the goal was for me to start acting like me because anxiety makes and you a new person yeah. yeah it makes you a, a different person it doesn't make you who you are and we would well, get into like be very like heated and like I said, it was there were unproductive arguments because of my own stubbornness and in the way that we talked about talk about anxiety, yeah. the way that you were framing it for this episode, and fight, flight, or freeze. I would freeze in my bullheadedness, yeah, because I would say I need to do this this way. And my parents' reaction was, "Why do we?" My parents' reaction was, "Why can't we change this? Why can't we let this go and let it someone else take charge?" I I, I want to touch on my on this last point, and mm -hmm. I wanted it to be about healing. I think that healing is so important for oh, our yeah. souls. It's so important for our hearts. It's so important for our minds because we get bruised and we get scars. Mm -hmm. We get stepped on. We get stabbed in every shape, way, form. And anxiety does that to you. Yeah, it does. It, it breaks you down in a sense. And I remember going through depression, and, it, and in a sense, it broke me. 
you know, and I couldn't find who I was. Like, I, I'm a very antisocial person. Mm-hmm. I mean, now I'm not, but I, I was very, I, I'm an introvert. Like, I, I enjoy just sitting I'm, in a room, I'm with listening you. to music. I'm with you. And so, it, for me, like, it, it was so hard to get outside of the four walls. You know, I remember going through that time period, and I, and I, and I text one of my friends, like, hey, I need to change, man. Like, I don't know how you're gonna, but I need you, every time you go out, invite me. Every time you go out with these groups, uh, this set of friends, invite me. Every time you, there's an event, I'm going, I'm there. And I needed to get out of my comfort zone in order for a change to actually happen. Mm-hmm. And in the same sense, you need to change your environment, mm-hmm. your certain people to change because those thoughts come in, you know, like, and I think that competition, you think that competition is something oh, yeah. that triggered anxiety? Oh, yeah, because I was always comparing myself, like, oh, we came from these things. Yeah. Like, we we set up a new mission, a new, a new ministry out of Palabra Viva, and I grew up in that church. Mm. And I saw where they were, and I'm like, we need to get there at the very least. And I was just always competing in my head with them. I was like, I need to get there. I need to get to what they're doing, to what what's going on there and as i met more people of ministry even though like i'm like okay i want them to my friends yeah mentally i'm competing with them like oh yeah i i'm doing this better than them i'm doing that better than yeah. that's the, that was the language i produced and that wasn't healthy language it's good in certain areas like oh i'm competing because i'm like i'm competing with each other and we're pushing each other Definitely. to spread the gospel that's good but it's not good when you when you're competing and then you get stuck in dumb little details yeah and you're like oh i have a better i have a better looking stage and <laughs> yeah, definitely yeah, and it's it's good for you to look at those aesthetics i too. have more people and <laughs> yeah and it's it's important the most important thing is are we working together ultimately to bring the glory of god down to the city and i think that man if it's one thing that i learned is enjoy where you are like yeah. run your race like your yeah. race in a in a time where instagram facebook social media overrules our lives of course we want to be like kylie jenner looking flawless of course we want to you know uh be stephen furtick in front of thousands of people of course we want to be i don't know drake uh, performing in front of thousands of people and getting millions of likes and thousands of comments but that in reality is you falling into i need to do this better i need to get there i need to do this i need to do that i need to push this forward and you don't focus on what really matters because you're not present yeah because you're focusing on what needs to happen from here in a month in a year in these natural things that yeah maybe there'll be good tools but for what yeah what are those things tools for what are those things gonna help you do in reality what the church just needs is a place to speak and worship Jesus. Yeah. And from the, if, if the word and the spirit is present, that's all that is needed. Yeah. But we, as humans, like to add on all these things. And my healing, what it really took part in was for me to sit down and say, I'm going to work now in the things that I love. Yeah. And the things I love are my family, my God, and now as time grew up, my girlfriend. Yeah, shout out to her. Shout out, <laughs> shout out. But um, I want to ask you two more questions. Uh, my first question is, if there's a person sitting here next to you asking you, hey, Rob, I have big time anxiety. 
I'm creating bad habits and I don't know how to get out of here. The first place I would tell them to go, and even though I started off and I said, our reaction to anxiety is let's pray and say, okay, let's pray. Because when we pray, we can just be present. Yeah. We can say, okay, what's going on right now mm-hmm. that I need help? And we can analyze those things and say, okay, where are we going to move from here? What is the pressing issue in this moment? Mm-hmm. And I spoke with a youth at one point, and he was going through a battle with anxiety, and he, wow. and he was, it was a mess. It was hard on him. It was hard on me, because I like I knew the dude for a while, and, yeah. and I was just like, okay, I will need to help you. Like, right. Beyond just pastoral needs, it was like this was a, this is a close friendship. And it was that. It was like, okay, we need to sit down. We need to pray. What is happening? And what can we do today in this moment? And what can we plan for? And the things that we can plan for, let's set, let's set them aside. Let's breathe on those later on. But what are the things that we can do now? Yeah. Is this a spiritual need? Is this a physical need? What are the things that we're just overanalyzing? Don't matter. Mm-hmm. Throw the, way, the things away that we can't fix and just breathe on those. Just like... Definitely. Uh, my last question is this. I'm gonna make this fast. Uh, you're you're in your deathbed. People you love are around you. Parents, girlfriend. I don't know. Whatever. Um, what are your last dying words to them? What is what is your advice in life for them? That's that's a hard question to answer. But the biggest thing I want to tell them is don't stop worshiping Jesus because where I'm going, I need to see you there soon. Amen. I love it. Well, my brother. It was a pleasure. Awesome Thank you so time. much for tuning in, or actually not tuning in, but coming in and, you know, taking time and sharing your, your thoughts, your experiences. I think that is very important for us to share these things just because you've been through it. So now you're hurt help someone else and heals others that's the point of testimony absolutely so rob thank you so much i love you you, man you're the greatest uh everybody thank you so much i love you guys you guys are amazing rob anything you want to (laughs) say